Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to a live edition of the It's Cavalier podcast. As always, it's your boy Mac. Joining me today is my co-host of Fear the Sword, Corey Walsh. How you doing, Corey? I'm doing good. Uh, my heart can rest easy knowing <laughs> that uh, the Cavs can pull out an overtime win. Yes, over the uh, injury-depleted Los Angeles Clippers themselves. So two teams that are dealing with some some injuries to some some star players. There's no other way around it. Uh, the Cavs coming fresh off of a 120-111 victory in overtime over those Los Angeles Clippers. That was a hell of a game, man. It it honestly was one of the better performances from a team aspect that we've seen sometimes uh, in some time, and it wasn't even their best effort. So, oh, no, not at all. <laughs> I mean, that said, you can look at any one of these bot scores. Like, if you didn't pay attention to the game at all, you would think that Evan Mobley was truly the focal point of the offense tonight. And you would not be, you know, wrong in a sense if you said that. But there were so many guys who contributed in so many areas. And, I mean, you can pick any one of these guys. And the Cavs wouldn't have won the game if you didn't get the contributions that they had. Uh, that being said, out of everybody tonight, if you had to pick a player of the game, who would you have selected? I would have picked Isaac Okoro, probably, to be my I'll player of the game. You. Yeah, I uh, I felt like this was probably, if not his best, in his top three performances of the entire year. Just his offensive aggressiveness was yeah. so, so enjoyable to watch. I mean, the dude was like a, a bullet in transition. Dude. Like the minute that the break started, he was just throwing his body into dudes. He left the right. shot. He's basically James Harden now. Right? Yes, <laughs> basically. He only took six shots, four or six from the field, but he shot 13 free throws. <laughs> yeah, and shockingly, in Cavs, unlike the Cavs this year, he made every single free throw it felt like. I think he missed one, which I will take that any day of the week. Yeah, he was out there in transition. As we have often talked about, Isaac Okoro, we feel, is best in transition. But he puts just enough pressure on the defense to get them into foul territory, and that's exactly what happened tonight with him. His hands are all over the place. I feel like he had a bunch of deflections. Um, I mean, not much else can be said other than the fact that this dude flat out balled out tonight. Like, really. I'm very, very proud of him because a lot of people are, you know, and I think we talked about this on the last podcast about Karis LeVert, whenever he returns, possibly re, uh, usurping. Isaac Okoro in the starting lineup, but I mean, he kind of showed why tonight, why people have the faith in him that they do. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> two-way player at the end of the day, even if it's not like a full two-way player, it's like a one-and-a-half-way player is like fine with this Cavs team. <laughs> I mean, if we're going to get this uh, type of aggressiveness from Okoro every night, I'll gladly throw out the two-way player label, but at the same time, like we always knew his like best offensive skills were in transition, because he really struggles to create separation off of his dribble 
pretty much his first step. He doesn't create much separation. His handling is weak at times. But another thing about Okoro that was pretty impressive today, he was a pretty good facilitator as well. He had some good dishes out throughout this game. Like there was one in particular to uh, Mobley, I believe, where it was a really good cut and he gave it to Mobley and Mobley just fluffed it. But I even saw JB go like, like give Isaac the seal of approval being like, good luck. Like, I'm glad we're starting to see this vision of his kind of translate. Cause when you look at the numbers, his assist numbers are pretty good to his touches, but he yeah. just doesn't get a lot of those opportunities. Yeah. The ball movement was really on point tonight. I could not have expected anything better in that regard. And I think that coincides obviously with the return of Larry Markinen, uh and probably to more of an extent, Karis LeVert, even though he came off the bench, it just, the, the offense just kind of seemed to pop tonight. There was more energy in the ball. I mean, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I felt like just having another guard back in like with Karis, just I felt like added so much more to this team, even when it wasn't Darius and Karis together, just constantly having that one offensive threat, no matter what, because like we were seeing throughout these stretches with it's just being Garland as the only guard, really. Pretty much that, it. He is the yeah, offense on most nights. Like it was like kind of felt like the times with LeBron where it was going to be like, all right, well, when LeBron's on the bench, like, it's gonna we're gonna have to survive those minutes. It was like a survivor mentality, but then with <laughs> with Darius, it felt kind of the same way. And now with Karis back, it really felt like a lot changed. Even with Akoro's level of aggressiveness, it also felt like a Absolutely lot. Absolutely loved it. Yeah, I mean, uh, DG, you know, he blends the style and the mindset of a scorer with the uh, the mindset of a primary facilitator. Rajon Rondo still sees everything on the floor, but he rarely puts pressure on opposing defenses. Brandon Goodwin can do a little bit of both, but he's not yet consistent enough to, you know, garner regular rotation minutes on a nightly basis, although we have wanted to see him. Uh, and now we we are <laughs> yeah. uh, with what's happened to Rondo. And he strikes fear in uh, opposing guards now because oh the dude can gosh. block and Did just you see that block. Oh, he can destroy like, kids' dreams. That was just brutal. Like, who knew? What? How tall was Brandon Goodwin? Like six feet, I think. Six foot even. Yeah, dude, just absolutely demolished that uh, that layup attempt. That was beautiful. <laughs> that has to be a scarring moment. <laughs> that's that's hands down. That was the play of the night to me. Like seriously, like if I take nothing else away from the defensive efforts of tonight, it's that one block symbolizes everything. Like you thought you had it, Clippers, and the Cavs ripped it away. <laughs> yeah, it kind of felt like JB in this game was kind of toying with the lineups in ways. I think we saw a lot of different like combinations of lineups and players in general coming onto the court that kind of made the offense feel fresh. It was weird. It, some of the rotations were weird though. You, I mean, you, it was at one point, I think we saw um, Karis LeVert. I want to say we saw Brandon Goodwin, Dylan Windler, Kevin Love and Lowry Markkinen. This uh, is my Dylan Windler Jersey. Just to oh respect, pay my respects to this man. <laughs> I mean, I, I was listening to Chase down the other day, and I'd asked them, I think, when they went live, if they thought we'd see Windler. And I'm going to take credit for that because we <laughs> we got to see him. Uh, all jokes aside, it was nice to see him out there tonight. And, yeah. Uh, 
I think it's crazy how Dylan Windler, I feel like there's times, even though he's like, I think when Cavs fans think of what they want from Windler, they want him to be just a knockdown three point shooter. Kind of like mm-hmm. the way that I, I was kind of looking at Luke Kennard being like, this is kind of what Cavs fans are expecting Dylan Windler ex- to be. I was going to tweet that out during the game. I thought I would get killed for saying it. Cause but they're just two white guys. <laughs> like, I know it's like, don't worry. I'll get you covered. I'll take the heat for, <laughs> for that one. I, um, but no, I think Windler actually also, like as we saw today, he was pretty solid defensively and he had an aggressiveness rebounding that was pretty impressive. I feel like he was kind of, he was, I, w- I want to say he just contributed to other facets of the game yeah. other than scoring, which was a nice sight to see because I don't want him to be this one dimensional player at the end of the day. Cause that's going to just turn into, he'll either play if he's hot or if he's ice cold, there's no value. I'd rather he be a well, yeah. more, a more well-rounded player. That's always the thing with him. Like he's so just like Jetty and some of the other players uh, to a lesser extent on the roster. He's so confidence driven that you don't know outside of scoring on on any given night if he's going to be able to provide anything. So when he's playing confident, even when he isn't knocking down shots, if he's, if he's providing good rebounding, if he's going out there and at least trying to d up, uh, you know, and he's moving the ball well, which he did tonight. Um, you, you can find a place for him to have some minutes, especially when the Cavs are so like they're they're at the wing position. There's just you never know what you're truly going to get. Yeah, they're uh, a little paper thin. It was pretty crazy, also that like you kind of just forgot that Jetty didn't really touch the court <laughs> after like halftime. <laughs> I know. I'm like I I saw some people commenting on that. I'm like, well. I guess you kind of kind of trust JB considering the Karras just came back. You knew somebody was going to kind of, and he was going with the flow of the game too. Yeah. I mean, we all know that Jetty's leash is probably the shortest of anyone Absolutely. on this team, even though like, cause like it just keeps him like, we need him to be in this box that we always say through every <laughs> Simplified episode. role, right? If Jetty goes unleashed, you never know what you're really going to get. It's Russian roulette pretty much. So I think he kind of just decided, all right, we're going to swap Windler and Jetty's minutes for the rest of this half, and we'll see just what happens. Experiment. Yeah, I mean, that's precisely what he did. He just experimented with some of the rotations. And, I I mean, we were asking for this. We were asking for Brandon Goodwin to get some time. I love the fact – I absolutely love the fact that Lamar Stevens got the start at the three uh, – over, you know, having cares come back at the at the two or the three. I, I, I applaud JB for that decision just because I feel like the defensive presence that he brings to the table, uh, at this point, they need it. They need it in the starting lineup. I I get it. The Cavs, even at full strength, like if you want to include if you don't want to include Colin in full strength, because you never truly had him this season. Okay. Mm-hmm. But assuming you have Jarrett, assuming you have a full strength live market and company and cares Levert, uh, this team it's not like they're an offensive juggernaut to begin with. Um, this is a very much a defensive minded team. And so uh, having guys out there that can bring that junkyard dog mentality to the table, especially as a starter, that's big time. And I don't, I, I want to get your opinion on this. Do we make too much like a, of a big deal about whether or not a guy can space the floor if they have a decent mid range game? Uh, I don't know. I feel like matchup dependent. I feel like it has to be matchup dependent, honestly. I mean, I think everyone in the NBA, the, it seems like the NBA mindset these days is either you are going to shoot a three or you're going to drive to the basket. 
because taking a mid-range jumper percentage-wise is like the worst thing players can do. <laughs> but yet we're seeing players like DeMar DeRozan and Kevin Durant who willingly will take mid-range jumpers. And no one has issues when they pull up. It's just like... It's, it's KD, bro. It's I said DeMar, DeMar too, DeMar. all right? DeMar is an MVP candidate this year. He has not been in the past, and people were fine with it. <laughs> And uh, we all can't sit here and act like we don't love a Darius floater from time to time either. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's really come a long way in that regard. Um, I wish he'd look to draw more fouls from time to time, but I guess that's just not his game. Uh, but circling back to Lamar, like his ability to hit a mid-range pull-up, which we've seen the past few games now, uh, it, you know, I guess you could say to a degree it kind of makes up for the lack of a consistent three-point shot, although he hit one the other day. <laughs> he, yeah he did and i um i think it's not bad that there's some part of your game that keeps players on it or defense yeah. is honest because if you think about even a coro as an example like there's nothing if a coro doesn't step with it a coro could step like eight feet from the three-point line inward and defenses will still be like all right you could pull up at any time like it's fine <laughs> but the minute he like ducks his shoulder and that's when he becomes like a threat pretty much for the opposing defenses and half court offenses but Lamar has how always had that mid-range jumper since he was at Penn State. I remember it's watching his like, State, yeah. I just remember watching his highlight reel when he when they signed him onward and I was like, dude, this guy only shoots mid-range jumpers. <laughs> like there was but nothing does else. It seemed like he's hesitant to take that more in the NBA though. Is it because he's like you think he might be scared to get pulled if he's taking jumpers that you think JB just, might be looking his way. I think the stat like guys just pull like Lamar aside. It's like, hey, it's really cute how you take these mid-range jumpers every once in a while, but in yeah. the NBA, we don't do that. And Lamar's like, well, that's kind of like what I do, so I guess I need to reinvent My best, myself. Yes. Uh, that and defense. So I, I definitely appreciate what he brings to the table in that regard. But uh, it was also nice to see Lowry back out there. Um, and in his time tonight, dude comes back and plays 46 minutes. <laughs> It feels nice to know that Garland's not the only player that has to play 40 plus. <laughs> it, it, that's crazy. Like I, I would assume now, I think I put a tweet out about this the other day and it was around like 38.6, 38.7 over his last three or four. I would assume that his, he would be averaging over 40 minutes a night over his last four or five now with tonight's minute total. Yeah. Lowry has been, like it, like defensively also he was kind of insane tonight like i don't know if we're gonna see this level of lowry defensive aggressiveness i don't know well, if it was like he was just so fatigued he's like didn't want to <sighs> have to overexert himself at times but he was ripping the ball out of dude's arms like this was I great mean, he was also playing in his more natural position at power forward too and i'm sure that helps a bit uh in regards to matchups I know I if if I know I'm gonna go out there and I'm playing in my natural spot and I'm not having to face up against quicker dudes, smaller guys, I feel confident. <laughs> I think offensively, like the drastic change in the way he has to play has to help too in terms of energy because at the small forward, he has to be on the move so much more often. And mm-hmm. when he's in power forward, he, he can be way more stationary, kind of. Even though he lowers the last power forward in the league that's gonna willingly take a post up, as we all know, <laughs> <laughs> he'll be hesitant to even post up against smaller defenders. So I don't get that. Like, how how the fuck are you seven foot and you don't have that mentality? Like if if I'm matching up, if I'm seven foot and I'm matching up a six foot three dude, six foot four guy, I'm no no, I'm taking it in on you all day. 
<laughs> Lowry just seems like a gentle giant at times. Like the only time he's ever really aggressive is when he has an open lane to throw it down. And I'm always like, damn, that was an aggressive flush. And then at the same time, Jared like, Allen can be considered the same dude, like uh, yeah. the same type of dude. He seems like a big softy at heart, but he's, he'll jam it on you in an instant. If he gets the opportunity to even in the build though, Lowry's just kind of built. Like he's like, I don't a finish model more than he's like an NBA player. Like the dude's scrawny, he's pale, he's white. Like, come on. Yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. It's uh I guess size, what's the old adage? Size uh doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Um, take more creatine, Lowry. <laughs> Please, whatever the fins can give you. Yeah, I I don't know, but it was so nice to see him out there tonight uh, him and Lavert, yes dr claw so uh it was very good to see both of them out there um and they provided so much to the offense that seemed to have been missing in the past few games it allowed you know even though dg took 21 shots tonight uh it did allow some of the pressure to be lifted off of his uh <laughs> off of his shoulders and off of his back <laughs> so, yeah i think karis was honestly like a, i thought he had a really good night honestly like i know it wasn't like he didn't From a, just come yeah. out and like give us a, like the scoring release valve that I think people were expecting, like drop 20 to compliment. He's the closest to Colin that we have though. Like, like, I mean, he's not as aggressive. Like you can see that, but he he's, he's selectively aggressive. And I love that about him. Yeah. And he facilitated a lot better than I was kind of expecting him to at times. I think he was kind of going for a facilitator mindset first. And then like, if nothing was available, he was going to shoot and not in the sense that Rondo does it where Rondo's like, Oh, you're leaving me open by like 15 feet. I guess I'll just pull up. It just seems like, uh, Karis was more just select like selective in an, uh, a way that he knew he was going to make it. It wasn't like last resort, he just he kind of lived in the mid range today, which I know is kind of his play style. But at the same time, he also turned that mid range game into a lot of opportunities. Yeah, he did, and it was a big part of why the Cavs were able to pull out the victory tonight and get. And even though it doesn't seem like it, give DG some rest because he wasn't having to do as much even when he was out there in the minutes that they shared on the floor. Uh, yes, Doctor Claude Windler did have uh, some impactful minutes. Uh, we just got done talking about that, but he. Uh, Windler and himself, it was nice to see him out there because he has been lighting it up with the uh, Cleveland charge. God, doesn't that just sound terrible? I it sounds weird. <laughs> I, I I I feel like I'll call it Canton charge for like the longest time, and I'll constantly have to be corrected, which is fine. It wouldn't be the first time I constantly need to be reminded about a name change. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, Cleveland teams <laughs> in these name changes. Uh, if the Cavaliers ever have their name changed, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna give up. <laughs> uh, if the Cavs ever change their name, I'm gonna just have to stop my fandom because that's ridiculous. Exactly. <laughs> it's it's uh, it's it's getting crazy now in the world with name changes and stuff like that in regards to sports teams. The I Commanders. <laughs> yes, Ken Charge was better. <laughs> I, I feel like we'll say that though. Like, but if it was the Cleveland charge and they switched to the K in charge, we'd be like, that sounds terrible. <laughs> it's like, you're, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Let me not be hypocritical here. It's like when Staples Center changed to like Crypto Arena, people were like, mm-hmm. this is terrible. It's like, dude, it's literally the name of a har- office hardware store. It wasn't like they had their own original name or anything. Did you happen to, um, not to get off a topic here, we are a Cleveland Cavaliers podcast, but did you happen to watch that first episode? of the uh the lakers show no, i really want to though i'm kind of in the mindset that i want to like plow through it but i've heard oh. i've heard that it's good but i've also so heard good. 
But I've also heard Jerry West comes off awful. In oh, it. that's what I was gonna say. Every other word is fuck. <laughs> fuck oh, really? Fuck that. Yes, that's that's literally every other word. Like, but that doesn't take away from the show. Like the actor, I forget his name, who's portraying him. Excellent job. Uh, I'm super excited. I just like I'm one of those. I, I'm not one of those people that likes to binge, but I also wanted to give it enough room that I could kind of because I feel like pilots, if they're really hit or miss, this is a very off topic. <laughs> I feel like pilots are very hit or miss. Where like you'll leave a pilot and be like, I didn't really enjoy that, but if you kept plowing through it, mm-hmm. like you fu- you end up liking the show and you forget about the pilot entirely. That's exactly how it is uh, for me a lot of the time. And and some of the Disney Plus, like Marvel series shows, and I'm a big comic book guy, but the MCU, you know, oh. they've, they've, they've changed direction in a couple of times in their Dude, shows. Dude, WandaVision's first three episodes had me not interested in the show Snooze. at all. Yeah, and then it turned into something fucking beautiful. Yeah, it was an insane <laughs> show at the end. Pretty good. I'm, like, not even, like, a huge Marvel guy. Like, I'll watch it casually, and I was, like, and my girlfriend was like, oh, we should watch WandaVision. I'm like, okay, I guess. And the first three episodes was all black and white. I'm like, this show makes no sense. Yeah. Uh, uh, the last point I'll make before we uh, stop getting off topic here is that if any of the viewers, if you guys ever come to Maryland, you got to check out this comic book store here called Third Eye Comics. Best comic book store around, man. <laughs> not a sponsor, but could be. Yeah. Yeah. Not the- a, you know, I got to throw the plug in for them somewhere, even though they, uh, they'll they never see this. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, yes. That said, back to Cavs Clippers uh, on a night full of just positives after we've seen so many negatives the past few nights. Um, very good to have those guys back in the rotation. Uh, who gets the underrated performance of the night? Because there were so many guys who did so many things out here that were just a joy to watch. Uh, if I had to pick someone for underrated, uh, I guess I would have to say – Karis LeVert would probably get the underrated one because, like, stat-wise, it doesn't look... 11 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists. It doesn't look ultra-impressive, especially, like I said, we were expecting... People were expecting him to be the offensive release valve, be like, oh, man, Colin Sexton basically back in the lineup with Karis LeVert. <laughs> He's going to drop 20. Garland's also going to drop 20. It's going to be an insane guard combo. Then you're like, oh, he actually is just going to really help Garland at times release the pressure from him in different ways mm-hmm. because he just was a connective tissue that the offense didn't have. You didn't feel like if Garland got double teamed towards the end of the game, that he was going to kind of be screwed with no one else being able to initiate or move around to have the offense be too static. That's something we didn't see a lot. This, this, uh, this game, which I think we saw a lot in the past two games was yeah. that if Gar like if Garland's like kind of getting double teamed, the offense just turns into everyone just standing around. I mean, just- you, you don't have any guys out there outside. Well, prior to tonight, you didn't have too many out there that could create for themselves or felt comfortable with taking the shot. So it was really, it literally was here, Darius, go make something fucking happen. Like, go, go do something, slip some double teams, make some type of crazy Kyrie type layup, do something. Uh, but you cannot expect that out of your point guard every single night when his primary job is to facilitate. Yeah, no. And then, like, Darius. It's like I know the broadcast brought it up, but there has been a stretch in these past few games where he kind of wants to facilitate for the first half. And then in the second half, he kind of just goes off for scoring. It's very LeBronian. <laughs> it's very interesting. I mean, I guess it's probably energy conservation more than anything because he knows he's probably going to play 40 minutes a game at least at this point in the season until like the pieces all start coming back. Probably. Like I said, it's very LeBronian. That's exactly what Bron does. 
Yeah, except I don't think Darius Garland's dropping like five million a year to take care of his <laughs> lower back <laughs> spasms. So well, he better start the way this shit's looking. Dude, it looks like a Coro. Speaking of injuries, every time that dude hits the hardwood, I'm expecting him to like have his head cracked open on the hardwood. It's so bad. Hey, like, hey, I'm I, I'm sorry. <laughs> These comments. <laughs> oh, dude, no. I loved WandaVision, but you got to keep it real, bro. The The first three episodes were a little slow in development. I get it. They were setting some plot lines up, setting some things up uh, that a lot of people didn't pick up. But it was still me being a, the comic book fan, the comic book reader that I am. Even It, it really wore on me. I, and my wife, it was hard to get her interested in the show just because of how slow it developed. I mean, compared to like the um, uh, Sam Wilson series, you know. Talking on Winter Soldier. Um, but I, d- I didn't watch that one. Dude, the fuck? Like, <laughs> I told you, I'm not a hardcore watcher. The only reason I watched WandaVision was because my girlfriend wanted to. Okay. All right. All right. Back back to. Uh, <laughs> back to I can't even talk to you right now. <laughs> uh, yeah. But seriously, the, the Cavs having Karis LeVert back out there, that was so big time just because, in regards to DG, to your point, he's not dropping five mil a year to take care of his body. Although uh, uh, <laughs> the case can be made that he should with all the Herculean efforts that he has to put on, on a night to night basis. But hopefully having these guys out here, having these big time performances from a guy like Isaac Okoro, who not so many people think is going to provide more than nine to 10 points a night. That's big time. I mean, when we have Isaac Harden out there though, it's pretty great. Isaac Harden. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, though. James like clutch. <laughs> you yeah. can pick either one. I, I, I'll i take any t- offensive player on this Cavs team willing to take free throws because I feel like they all know that outside of Darius and Kevin, they're all pretty average to below average free throw shooters. So they kind of yeah. stray away from the contact at times. 11 of 13 uh, from the free throw line tonight was Isaac Okoro, which is very uncharacteristic of Isaac Okoro. But you love <laughs> which part in making more than half or going to the line 13 times? Because I can make a case for either. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was very, it was uncanny. I think Okoro actually had the highest plus minus on the team tonight. Yeah. It was like plus 24, right? Yeah. It's only one. That's where I got that stat. Mac Perry's Twitter. <laughs> of course. <laughs> You know, I, yeah, I put those out every night, and I'm like, I'm sitting here scrambling to put them together before anybody else. Uh, but no, <laughs> I just, I, I enjoy very much what he's been able to bring to the table, and I think we've both been avid supporters of Okoro. But I mean, he needed a night like tonight because you're not going to be able to continue to roll him out there on a night to night basis if he's not giving you just a little bit more offensively than he has been, like. Prior to tonight, I want to say within his last five to six games, he's scored in double figures like twice. Yeah, I think his last good game was the Philly game, right? Mm-hmm. 22 points, I believe. So, yeah, I think this really just is a testament to patience with Okoro. I know mm-hmm. everyone's always eager if he has like two subpar offensive games in a row to throw the pitchforks and torches up and just claim that we need another shooting guard. <laughs> he should be traded in some package in the offseason for someone else. Get the else. pitchforks out, yeah. <laughs> replace them it just feels like that Rob Obi topic oh god (laughs) okay yeah you know it'd be really cool to have the dunk contest champion on for the worst dunk contest of all time no offense Obi why you gotta hate like that (laughs) why you gotta hate on my UD guy like that (laughs) I um I I just think it 
I, I feel like everyone just kind of reacts like the Rob Schneider meme from like Waterboy, where he's like, oh, God, he sucks again <laughs> after like two penalties, <laughs> after like two bad games in a row. Everyone's like, well, Okoro sucks. So let's just start looking at options. And how about we just always view him as a valuable piece that if he gives us something offensively, mm-hmm. it's a good night and it's only a benefit. It's like getting rid of him. It doesn't change anything. Yeah. So I looked it up the last five games, including tonight. Double figures only twice, um, which, again, if we're, if we're taking that approach that you're saying that we should take to it, then there's nothing wrong with that, but you have to have other guys in the starting lineup step up. And to, uh, to our next comments uh, <clears throat> point here, you're, that, that, that three from Lowry was very clutch. I mean, you have to have guys like Lowry step up if Isaac Okoro is not going to have a night like tonight and if, if you want to win these last few games. Yeah, and it feels like Laurie has a lot of daylight on these shots. So he's a good enough three-point shooter that he should be knocking those down pretty consistently. And I feel like he just goes through stretches where he's just so cold. And it's fine because you know he's going to like shoot his way out of it. But at yeah. the same time, like it's not like I'm, I would be a lot less upset with Laurie at times if I felt like the shots he were taking were very contested. <laughs> but I think just because of the way that Darius kind of pulls his own gravity to defenders when he attacks the, to the cup, and in general, I feel like this Cavs team really is centered around the rim offensively yeah. in general, that Laurie should have a lot more opportunities for the types of performances he had tonight, especially with Karras coming back too. Because Karras, like we said, isn't really a three-point shooter. He's a, he's not like an efficient no. three-point shooter, I should Never say. Never has yeah. been. Which is totally fine. But it only further adds to – like it's just saying my point that Laurie – he has no excuse, really, in my opinion, to not hit these <laughs> no threes excuse. more often. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it, Lori. <laughs> you got to hit those shots. Uh, speaking in, five and nine from the field, four, six, and three, and every single one of those threes was needed and necessary. And it was nice to see him knock those down for a Cavs team that is, um, you know, on any given night, you just never know how many three-point attempts they're going to convert. They did, however, 15 of 30 from beyond the arc tonight. Good old fifty percent. That makes without Jetty good. too. That's kind of a big achievement because Jetty, I feel like, generates a ton of our three point field goal attempts. He, I mean, yeah, I want to say he's probably in the top three or four of the team in in that regard. Um, I'd say him and Lowry are pretty even probably at times, but yeah. Lowry, like Lowry's usually hurt. So if you kind of averaged it out, I would say they probably shoot the same. Jetty played healthy. eight minutes tonight, bro, and took zero shot attempts. He did have two free throws, but he missed both. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I remember that. That sucked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Eight minutes tonight. Um, I'm I'm guessing again. That's probably just due to the game flow and JB rolling with the guys. He felt like had it going on. Um, having Karis back in the mix. Jetty's kind of like the odd man out. Okay. What? 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 Not overly impressed with the vert. A little too much dribbling on some of his possessions. Wow. I mean, this is like the polar opposite. This first game back. What do you expect from the guy? I mean, he was still, so energized, though. I mean, yeah, was all over people defensively. He was doing like half court, full court press at dudes at times. Like the only person who got the message that JV was like, just get on him. Yeah. I mean, look, he's played a total of now five games in Cleveland. So he's still trying to get the hang of things. He can be prone to over dribbling, but I attribute some of that to just not generally knowing how you know it's one thing to practice it is one thing to practice with these guys but it's a whole nother thing to simulate you can't simulate game speed you cannot simulate the opponents uh up past a certain degree so having Karis out there even if it was just for 25 minutes tonight um it, it was big time 
and he did take some of the pressure off of DG. And I expect some of that over dribbling uh, to kind of disappear as as time goes on. And you know, God, <laughs> I'm crossing my fingers here, but assuming this guy stays healthy, stays out on the court. I would say that you're not going to see too much of that, and you're probably going to see an uptick in his minutes. Yeah, the thing about um, this comment is that if you kind of think about it, Darius over dribbles a lot of times, and Jetty also over dribbles a lot of times. Just from it's not that they're trying to be like just hogging the ball, it's that this offense is so static at times that it kind of feels like players are so dependent on getting a ball, like a ball handler to give them opportunities offensively. Like Mobley totally relies on guard play most times yeah. to get, to create his offense. Lowry depends on ball handling to get hit. He can't ball handle at all. <laughs> so all these players are really waiting for someone to set them up. And that's basically what I felt like Karras had to do at times was kind of just, just, just by, to- by time, just create these ISO opportunities that just turned into facilitating for others. Darius does it all the time, but we don't care when Darius does it because we know he's like <laughs> the main facilitator and the stars. This is my definition at this point. Like it I just, mean, it's his, it's really Karis waiting for others to kind of move around. I didn't think at all. It was him trying to take over the game or just hogging the, or pounding the air out of the ball. I felt like it was productive at the end of the day. <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I kind of feel the same way in, in that regard, just because, I mean, it's the same thing. If you want to call it, it's really, truly the same thing that people would say about Sexton oftentimes, um, even this season when I thought he was improving in that regard. Uh, but for him, a lot of the time, even going back to last year, it was simply due to the lack of creators. And somebody had to have the ball in their hands. Somebody had to do something. Uh, when you do not have the ball in DG's hands, you would like to see the ball kind of move around a little bit more. And it was electric tonight. Uh, but Karis Levert, yeah, you, you got to let him facilitate. You got to let him handle the ball or else you're not going to get Darius Garland below 40 minutes a night. Like, damn, like this dude really is playing 40, nearly 40 plus a night, uh, it seems. At least that's what it feels like. Yeah, I feel like when we, I know this is like a, a comparison that's saved for sex land specifically, but I feel like the way you kind of need to view what Karis LeVert should bring to the Cavs is the way CJ McCollum used to contribute to the Blazers where he's just like, you're kind of using him to give Dame minutes off the ball. Cause like, let's face it. Darius is a really good shooter. Dame's a good shooter. Steph Curry's a really good shooter, but like the way they thrive offensively, it seems like they thrive more playing in a shooting guard style where it's more catch and shoot more than I'm just going to dribble and create, isolation that way Darius now has been doing a lot of those lately but that's mostly because like we said the offense has been so static I think as time goes on Karis really just needs to be the connective tissue for Darius to score like that should be his main goal he doesn't really need to do it with other players as much as he needs to do it with Darius I completely agree in that regard I mean I think you're going to see that as time goes on but there has to be a certain rapport certain type of chemistry that develops on the court like during games in order for i I feel like for that to start really occurring on a game-to-game basis yeah it's all going to come with reps exactly yeah that's essentially uh what it's going to boil down to so um great job from karis tonight in his 25 minutes um, I mean, dude, Lamar, Lamar Stevens only played 13 minutes tonight. And he got well, once he got that third foul, I knew his court was getting yanked real quick. <laughs> Very short leash. You know, like anytime you see Dean Wade or you see um, Lamar Stevens, uh, 
you know, Ed Davis, one of these guys, as soon as something goes wrong, you know, they're going to have a very short leash. Well, I knew once uh, Lamar Stevens botched that Evan Mobley highlight reel that was going to happen after he broke the ankles of uh, Zubats in the corner. <laughs> I knew once that layup was missed, I'm like, OK, this reminds me a lot of L.A. Lakers Lamar from like the beginning of the year where he missed like three open layups in a row. And I'm like, this just isn't that Lamar's was night. I would, that was that was absolutely his worst game of his career. I remember I <laughs> tweeted and it, it was like something that actually got traction, which for my Twitter is very rare, <laughs> was <laughs> that I tweeted that like Lamar obviously did triceps day at the gym because he was just not putting the oomph behind on those layups required. Yeah, it was uh, that that game was uncannily bad. Like, I mean, I give it to him to come back from that from a mental standpoint. That has to take a lot, especially when you're a guy who is in and out of the rotation as it is, as more kind of like a stopgap for the starters whenever they're whenever somebody's injured. Let's just keep it honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for a guy like that, I, I do admire that. So, 13 minutes tonight, <laughs> we knew what the deal was. As soon as he got pulled, he probably wasn't going to come back. Hell yeah, dog mentality. <laughs> Is what it is. Uh, yet another night when we did not see Moses Brown. Uh, I was really hoping to see him, but obviously the game kind of dictated that we uh, that we wouldn't. I mean, they. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like they're going to kind of just see what they have probably in practice. This is going to be more of what their eye test is, I guess. And also, I think that now that Jared Allen's not going to get finger surgery, I kind of think that makes Moses Brown more likely to hit the streets again. <laughs> yeah, he's only on a 10 day. That's, you know, that's kind of thing. The thing with that, unless the guy plays like extraordinarily well um, or something, just some un, un, uh, unnormal circumstance like, occurs, like a myriad of injuries to the center position, he was likely to not be past the 10 day mark. Um, I'm glad that we got somewhat of a prognosis. <laughs> yeah. by Jetty Osmond <laughs> on Jared <Jenny>. Allen. <laughs> Insider uh, Jetty. He knew he wasn't going to contribute today, so he decided to just give us the scoop. Biggest play of the day. <laughs> Thanks, Biggest Jenny. play of the day for him. Uh, yeah, but it was definitely definitely good news to hear that. Uh, hopefully he does return soon, even, even though we knew it was like an injury to his non-shooting hand. So a uh, big chance that he returns. Yeah. Prayers up, Jared. <laughs> Stay <laughs> off the switch so your thumb can – or your middle finger can heal. <laughs> yes. No Legend of Zelda for you. <laughs> Damn it, Jared. <laughs> uh, that said, uh, I just want to put out a reminder to everybody out there. We are about 13 subscribers away from hitting that 300 mark with, in which we will send that All-Star Edition Darius Garland jersey out to one of you lucky subscribers. Also, if you'd like to be a part of the It's Cavalier discord channel on chat rather (laughs) you know what to do go ahead and rate and review on whatever medium you are listening to the podcast or viewing the podcast on and send that to it's cavalier 53 at gmail.com and i will send you an invite personally to said discord chat that being said thank you for tuning in tonight uh for me and Corey walsh you guys have a good night go Cavs. go Cavs. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, 
you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.